This podcast may contain adult language and content not suitable for everyone. Listener discretion is advised. Were you going to say something? What? No. Well, I mean, I am going to say something. This is a podcast. That's generally how they work. <laughs> Welcome to Glamazons and Leprechauns, where two women from opposite ends of the height spectrum offer their unique perspectives on culture and society and food today. Yes. Food. I am the six foot fabulous Tracy Payne Black. I am the five foot furious Rochelle Sharma. We are a forthright, fearless, hungry, uh, and hopefully ferocious, com- ferocious and hangry um comedic female podcast tackling the important issues that gals like us face but today the important issue the important issue the important issue is food glorious food indeed indeed so um yeah welcome baking during the I apocalypse feel welcome. so i don't know about you but during this whole covid my social media feed from friends has been a lot of recipes okay um, with restaurants closed for a while and most people um, that I know anyway staying away from the bars and the restaurants that are open um, they're not even doing takeout for the most part they're cooking from home and I'm seeing some wonderful things I want to try a friend of mine made like two huge uh, challah breads oh they were like braided you know and glossy and beautiful. Oh my gosh, they were beautiful. So yeah, I've I've been sharing my bakes and seeing everyone's bakes, and um, no wonder there's a shortage of yeast, and I can't get it with everyone else baking the way they mm. have been. Yum, yum. I think people are finding a very nice outlet in cooking and baking because they've got the time, and there's no better way to escape other people in your house than by saying, "Well, I'll be in the kitchen making something." And it's a good way for people to get along, you know? Except when your husband gets a wild hair one morning and decides that right around the time that you're getting up and coming downstairs, he's going to Marie Kondo your pantry. <laughs> Still salty about this, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, my husband doesn't do that. But uh, my husband and my child, when I am cooking, will come into my kitchen and then start karate kicking the shit out of each other. Well, I've got like hot pans and stuff going and then they wind up getting their asses chewed and being sent back into the living room. I can, uh, I can see that. That's dangerous because things are hot and yeah. it's also spicy. You right. get some of that in your eye, you're in trouble. I'm like, I'm trying to work here. The way you, you idiots stuff. are acting like you never want to eat again. <laughs> so in our mini episode, we were talking a lot about some of the Indian dishes oh, yeah. um, you make and some of the names of some of the dishes. Very exciting names. Yes. They are exciting names, but I don't know most of those. I just know what it looks like when I go to the, the I mean, I love it. I love mm-hmm. most of it as long as it's not too spicy. Mm. So you I would know, die in my house. I would probably die in your house. I know I, I know what Palak is and I know what paneer is and I like mm-hmm. Palak paneer. And I like um, paneer masala. Right? Uh-huh. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's the che- the cheese. Paneer is cheese. Yes. Right. I like the cheese. So I like the p- paneer masala is my favorite. I do not eat chicken. That is a whole other episode as to why we'll probably have an episode on animals and rescuing animals, and I will talk about why why I don't eat chicken except for um, Wendy's chicken nuggets because that's not I don't know what that is, but it's not chicken. I can't eat chicken that's that chicken looks like sponge. chicken sponge. That's what is I call it? it, chicken sponge. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I can eat it's, that. Yeah, it's oh my god, Wendy's spicy chicken nuggets. I you can't know, do the spicy. The I can't do it. I know you can't, but I can. I really got into cooking because I was when it's just you, you're willing to put all sorts of garbage into your body. When you have crapped out a munchkin, you start to realize like, oh, this is garbage. Maybe I shouldn't be feeding this to a child. So I would say from pretty early on, I tried to phase out any sort of pre-made items i really tried to start start to change the way i look at food we don't have a lot of heavily processed foods right. in my house here and there and an item occasionally like a bag of lace barbecue potato chips yeah for, for parties well, but that's sure. not potato no. chips are not constantly in the chips at all are you're, not in my cupboard unless there's a party or a special occasion exactly you're like me you you cook several times a week mm-hmm. and i would say now because of covid i've been cooking even more right 
um, cooking at home and, and saving a lot of money too because mm-hmm. we haven't eaten out. I mean, we had a uh, food budget for eating out very expensive very quickly yeah you know so it's been cheaper to stay home and experiment in the kitchen i would say with eating out i don't like to eat outside of the house unless it's something that i either cannot or will not make for myself so that and and that has led me to now since we're in COVID and we don't have the ability to go to restaurants. It's like, okay, this is what you want. Learn how to make it. So my most recent conquest uh, you enjoyed was the kebabs where I was like, no, I want to really learn how to make kofta since the husband is Hindu. Can't do the beef. That's all right. I don't really enjoy beef kofta. I like lamb kofta. You said kofta, not kafka, like Frank Kafka. No, it's kofta, not like kafka. (laughs) Not metamorphosis. But the kebabs. Oh, they're delicious. They look like shit, but they taste fantastic. They literally looked like doo-doo. Yeah, they do. On a stick. And, And let's just be clear. Like you had messaged me hey i'm gonna make lamb kebabs and you know i i'm weird about my animals and yes. they're so precious i'm like no i'm not i'm not gonna eat your your lamb mm-hmm. silence of no have the like, lamb stop screaming clarice now i yeah. can't eat can't eat the lamb just make me a vegetable one but then you went on like no you're gonna like it you're gonna like it and then i watched you make it and of course i was getting hangry anyway because I only had pineapple in a bird. And they smelled great. And then I watched oh, you make smell. them on yeah. your like three foot long kebab skewers. Those yeah. are like. I don't even fuck around. I get the good swords things. Yes. Is what they look like. They yeah. T- and then watched you, you know, in a, I don't know, Brazilian method looking, <laughs> you know, stick a quarter pound groundedness. But it smells so good with like parsley and oh yeah, lots of herbs, lots very of herbs, very fresh herbs. Mm-hmm. Watched you like manhandle the kebab down into a Mister Hanky, you know, two and a half foot long Mister Hanky, and watch you put them on a barbecue. And I was like, "This is amazing! <laughs> I must like, taste this." How the fuck did this. she do that? <laughs> and then you had the um. The pita bread from the Mediterranean place and the hummus and the garlic sauce and sliced up your little cucumber and onion and tomato. And it was like the best pita gyro thing you've ever had. What was you, is it a pita or a, what would you call it? Well, it's pita bread, it's but you pita call bread. it a gyro, right? No, 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 no. no. Gyro is the meat. Right. So, so what do you call it? That's gyro? a pita. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Just, a lot of times when you go, like, say you go to a place uh, and they've got the they've got the kebabs. They put it on rice. I don't need the rice. I don't want the rice. No. I want the veg and the hummus and I want the all pita that bread. Stuff. Yeah, I want yeah. the pita. I don't need the rice. I don't need the rice. I can do rice. I want to eat it, carry it like a taco or something. Yeah, that's what I, we were. What I rolled it up like a burrito. Kind yeah, of. It that's was how I do it. Delicious. Yep. So sorry, little lamb. Man, mm-hmm. were you tasty. I do, but I don't need to do that again unless you make it. Right. I'm not going to go out now to like Outback and order the lamb. Well, you know, once and you get good at making something, I, once I really started to kind of put my nose to the grindstone, like I like this type of food. I'm going to learn how to make it. We eat out very little because if we go someplace, my husband will wind up being disappointed. Right. Plus you have to worry He's about like, if yours was, are better. Sure. If it was, <laughs> it was cooked. You know, on the same grill as as cow. You mm-hmm. know, you have to worry about all that stuff unless you go to like a vegetarian restaurant or a vegan, right? The husband loves fajitas. Absolutely loves chicken. Can't do the beef, but he loves fajitas. And the last time we ordered fajitas in a restaurant for him, oh my gosh, it was like 12 years ago. And he just looked at me in the eye and he's like, these taste like shit. Yours you are can way do better. better. Right. And I was like... Is it a compliment or is he just being a skin flint right now because he knows how much he paid for, for the, <laughs> these fajitas? But it, it but it is a compliment because once you say, I'm going to make an effort into figuring this out. I'm going to take a look at recipes and understand what I like and really get yourself wrapped around on not just doing the main dish, but the, the little complimentary things, the sauces and oh, the sure. garnishes and the things like that. Mall. Yes. Yes. That makes it good. You get really good at that and you know what you like and you can make some really incredible stuff. I would agree. I was so impressed with my curry that now it's like 
it's a staple. Sure. It's hard to eat anywhere else because you know what you want that to taste like. Exactly. And my pad thai wasn't, wasn't bad either. Like it's to the point where I don't need to go out and order these things. Now you had a picture of what it, oh, you, you made lo mein. Oh yeah. That looked amazing. That turned out so good. Tell me about it. Talk about we. To, I totally sell like splendid table. I need. I need to quit talking like this. Oh my god! <laughs> Welcome to NPR. This well, is we're splendid so, no, table. No, let's take a moment. Let's talk about baking. So <laughs> tell me, but I want When did you realize that you were really getting the hang of this? When was that moment when you thought, you know, if Paul Hollywood tasted this, well, it was. You might before, shake my goddamn hand. Right? It was way before COVID. It was when... Well, a lot of my cooking years was ago. too. I think COVID has just kind of brought other people to the joy of cooking table. Sure. Exactly. It was when I got somebody's carrot cake recipe, a co-worker, mm-hmm. from a job I had before the phone company when I worked for the ambulance company. Okay. Which was a company. You know, ambulances are contracted out. They don't like belong to the city. Anyway, that I digress. I borrowed someone's, well, I didn't borrow. I asked for someone's carrot cake recipe because it was so good. And I took that carrot cake recipe and turned it into zucchini cake. And I took that zucchini cake up to um, my mom's house and my aunt was there. And those are two of the three, two of the four really cooking influences in my life. Both my grandmothers and my mom and my aunt. All of my nostalgia um, from childhood usually revolves around a holiday and something that they've made, mm-hmm. right? So I knew it was going to taste okay, um, and I brought it up, and I'm like, oh, here's the cake I made, and it just kind of sat there a while they were they were talking. No one was really like, ooh, the cake, or you know, it wasn't like this this showcase. It was like, oh, here, you know, hey, hey, t- taste this when you're ready. And I either like went to the bathroom, I was somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, when they finally cut into the cake and from like rooms and rooms away, I heard, Oh my God. Like they were screaming. I thought there was a snake in the house or something because that had happened before. <laughs> yeah. There was a rattlesnake in under my aunt's like back deck, a huge one. Anyway, um, yes, we live in the, in the deserts, but they were like screaming and I come mm-hmm. out and they're like, then they started calling me Tracy and I come out and they're like this cake, you know, and their eyes were big and yes, if Paul Hollywood was there, I would have gotten a fucking handshake. I see. So I think it was then where it's like, oh shit, I might have a, a knack for something. Because it wasn't even my recipe. But I remember thinking, this would be really good with zucchini, I bet. Mm-hmm. And so from there, I just, um, what did I do? I transformed that recipe into a zucchini bread. And now every year, as we get closer to the holidays... People ask me, are you going to make zucchini bread? Are you going to make zucchini bread? Can I get a loaf of zucchini bread? Trace, 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 zucchini, zucchini, zucchini. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like known as a crazy cat lady and the zucchini bread lady. Oh, you've created that monster. I I see. Yes. And it is, it is delicious. It is absolutely delicious. So, um, from there, you know, I started branching out into other bakes, but there are. There is one thing in particular that I cannot conquer yet. And I've tried three times now, four if you count a baking class I actually went to Mm -hmm. to learn how. And I just can't master it yet. And I'm sure I'm not the only one if there are bakers listening. But the French macaron. Uh You can say macaroon, but that's really a coconut. When you say Uh macaroon, you mean the the, and those are delicious. I haven't made those before. But the French mac- macaron, 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 I cannot, I cannot um, master that yet. And it makes me very sad because to even attempt it, it it's, it's fucking involved. Mm-hmm. There is a lot involved in those um, meticulously annoying little cookies. Mm-hmm. They, there's just a lot. So to go through all of that well. and then fail... And, and your and your kitchen's a mess. Yeah. There's just well, a lot. French cooking can get so convoluted. I'm not saying it's not good. It's delicious. Don't get me wrong. But there's some of it where I'm like, this is a 
pain in the ass. I have the Julia Child's like Art of French Cooking Uh huge book. And right when I got the book, I told myself, I'm going to make a lobster bisque. It's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. And I and I did. I made the bisque mm-hmm. and it was very involved. Mm-hmm. And it didn't taste as good as if I went, you know, somewhere that has a good bisque and I should have just had there. And my kitchen was a mess. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? Nothing. You know, it just nothing. takes I practice. Just yeah. But that it's it. So the point is. Yes, the French cooking takes so long that I don't want to f- fail at the end of all those attempts. You know, I, I the thing that I like about French cooking is it's so involved and it's so convoluted. And then at the end, it seems like, oh, look at how simple this is. Like, it just seems so simple. But you, when you know all of the work behind it, you're like, yeah, no. No, not so The not thing so about much. French cooking is it's a lot of fucking work to make it look very easy. It is. So... Some other things I've tried during COVID that were very successful, um, that were, that are French-ish, um, are po- meringue pies. Mm-hmm. Meringue is uh, something else that you know eggs are easy to fuck up. Yep. Um, but when you get it right, it is magical. Mm-hmm. When you get your meringue right, so I made a a lemon meringue pie. It was. Did you see the pictures yes, of my lemon I did. meringue pie? Yeah. That meringue was like Mount Everest. Mm-hmm. It went on and on for days. <laughs> and it was delicious then. But o- over time, meringue in the refrigerator, it just naturally gets a little runny. Oh, yeah. But it could be runny. You know, you could pull it out of the oven and it could be runny that night or the next morning. and yes. totally fall apart. So again, it, but th- that's the French. You know, it's very particular. Mm-hmm. And then I made a... Um, and not easy to store. Not, no French no. cooking really. Has, no. You eat it right then. You know, you, anything, don't, you don't store it and try to eat it three days later. That's not happening. No, you have like two days to eat that pie. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we did. So yeah, that COVID-19, <laughs> welcome. That COVID-19, 20 pounds that everybody's... That's 40 <laughs> pounds that everybody's going to be walking out with. 19 pounds. So yeah, no, I think I didn't it's gonna be more than that. Well, I didn't want to <laughs> share the pie, um. So of course, yeah, well, well, we ate that pie, and then I I made a coconut cream pie, mm. and again, anything where you have to temper eggs mm-hmm. or deal with egg whites mm-hmm. is a pain in the ass. But I tell you, if you get it right, it is so rewarding, and that's why it just fucking kiss it. It kills me that I can't master the macaron. I can't even after a class, but you know, I'll get there when I have time. Lately, I've been focusing more on the breads mm-hmm. and those type of bakes that I haven't wanted to deal with the the cookies because it's just a lot. And down to the piping bags it, and the food coloring and then the flavors mm-hmm. and, and really the egg whites, all of it. And then, it, and then to see them in the oven just concave on themselves and epic fail. Oh. It sucks. Same thing really with um, croissants, but at least my croissants are edible and taste good. Mm -hmm. But again, that's like two days of work. That's something that I find that's really hard about cooking and baking in Arizona. It's much easier to do it in the winter. Um, Just having the oven on in the heat. No, not just having, well, I have a really good oven. I can turn that sucker on hot and you can stand outside of it and it's not that warm. That is nice. Of course, it's one of those god awful glass top stoves. My husband wanted it. I didn't, but we don't have gas. Yeah, we don't have I would love a like six burner gas stove. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I would love that. Uh, But at least the oven portion of it is excellent. But just your average room temperature. You're right. It's it's very difficult to do a lot of different things, especially like the French food with all the butter. Forget it. You can't make you couldn't make croissants on your counter in the summer. And that's the problem because um, there's the lamination mm-hmm. of the butter and the dough, and it has to be very cold. Yeah. And then you you keep taking it out every hour, a couple hours or so, and you fold it and you roll it again, and you fold it and roll mm-hmm. it again, and this is how you get all of those wonderful layers. Mm-hmm. But the problem is it's so hot. That it can't cool down enough by the time it's you need to take it down and roll it again. Right. And then so what happens is when, you know, it's two days later now because you've been folding and letting it rest for, you know, 24 hours or so. And it's finally time to bake them. 
and all the butter will run out of uh-huh. the croissant and and you have to cook these at like 425 yeah. you know it's hot all the butter runs out into the bottom of your oven and just start smoking like you're gonna have a goddamn fire over these <laughs> croissants and after all that work it's such a pain in the ass to have it fail but i won't say it it was an epic fail because i've made them like two or three times now and oh, those got eaten uh-huh. I did the um, pan de chocolat, you know, uh-huh. cho- the chocolate croissant. Oh, yeah. And my oh, favorite. Oh, I'm or- familiar <laughs> as a chubby person. Yeah, I yeah, know what that is. Yeah, you know what that is. And the, the almond croissants are my favorite. Yes, that's it is me. A, uh, French French pan. Yeah. French oh, pan. God, I see French that. And I'm pan. like, yes. Basic. It's almond. And based. wait, what else is in that? Isn't it rose water? Isn't it almond, mm, honey, one, and rose water? Not when no? I make it. No. Maybe, no, maybe I'm thinking Egg of something yolks. else. The French pan? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, oh, yolks. yeah, yeah. Okay. And maybe butter and sugar. Yeah, that sounds about I'm right. Thinking of it's almost else. like what you would put in a sabillon. Yeah. Now that's a fancy word. For, okay, so sabillon is what you need when you're making a tiramisu mm-hmm. against something else. A that delicious I've... cream. Yes. Oh God, I could eat that stuff. By and the again, tempering the freaking eggs on the stove, and you have to stir and stir and stir till that sugar. A uh, sabillon is um, six. Well, this is what it mm-hmm. is for the tiramisu. It is a cup of sugar and yep. six egg yolks. Yep. That's it. Yeah. And you stir and stir and stir gimme, in a gimme, little gimme. pot. Delicious. I love this. Until the sugar <laughs> dissolves. And when yep. the sugar dissolves, it's done. And if you don't sit there and stir, you're going to have sh- sweet scrambled eggs and have to throw it all out. Right. But just that. You know what that flavor is you know, of like, do you know how delicious that oh, is? Oh, yeah, I do. Just sugar and egg yolks. Yep. Oh, my There's God. There's a richness. The cholesterol, Get it's it's a belly. texture. You know, right. the thing about baking that and, and this is hard for a lot of people, is it's definitely a hurry up and wait situation. Yes. And that doesn't work well for a lot of people because when it's hurry up, it's hurry the fuck up. Right. You cannot dilly dally, you can't second guess, you move now. And that's and you and like to you cook have on to the wait. fly. Right. Yeah. You, and you have to wait and you have to sit there and pray, Oh God, please. Please don't let this fucking, you know, this souffle cave in on itself. Please, (laughs) please let me have done this right. Please let those brulee not be bubbly. God damn it. Please let that cream brulee have no fucking bubbles on top of it. Please, please. Yes. So that's why when we have a get together. Do I love creme brulee? Absolutely. When we have a get together, that's why you usually do like the main course Mm -hmm. because it's something you can do very quickly or you've put it in your oven and it's been cooking all day very slowly and I come with the bakes. Right. I bring the dessert because it's usually a tart or something. You know? I am a very angry baker. This should not surprise you that I tend to get. I, I, I do bake. I do bake a lot, a lot at Christmas. I'll do cookies or I'll do fruit cakes. I love fruit cake, but I haven't done it for a while because I will eat way too much of I've it. I've never had fruit cake. <gasps> I'll have to make fruit cake. I don't know. Will oh, I no. like it? That's uh, well, like an you old know lady what? Okay. thing. Is, hey. There's a bad stigma to fruit cake. There is. is but I mean, myself and my son love it. All my neighbors love it when I make fruit cake. Really? Yeah. All right. But tell me I about. Didn't, I have not made it for a long time because only about half of the cake escapes my mouth. I eat too much of it. <laughs> too much i love fruitcake but i do i do like i will you know you get the dried currants i don't use raisins i pony up i go find beautiful little dried currants and i soak them in boiling water and rum and that's a uh, yummy <laughs> and then i'll do like i do the uh the candied citrus in it and just for effect i go find those god awful um maraschino cherries that are dyed the green and red just you don't have to eat them it's just the visual but I do like I get the good I get uh walnuts and I toast those and it's delicious why would you put something in that in something that you're you have to pick out and not going to eat you said you don't have to eat the green cherries well I do that on the top because it's so cliche and funny to me so around the holidays, the grocery store usually has this whole section of all those candied fruits. Yes. Right. It's this whole like long shelf. And I look at it and I just think disgusting. Right. 
and then you is, take them. But it is a. But I don't put it in the fruit cake. I use it on top as the garnish so because of the visual. So what's effect. in it? It's just the currants. But what's then? inside of the cake is walnuts, the rehydrated boozy currants, and then I do use the candied citrus peel, and that is inside of the fruit cake, and it's not as visually. Uh, jarring <laughs> as the dyed cherries but you need it you need that in there but it's like candied orange peel and lemon peel that doesn't sound too bad oh it's delicious but it just looks unappetizing uh, my fruit cake is very dark too like sometimes i'll see the fruit cakes where the cake is like a light yellow and i'm like what the what the hell is that fruit cake should be dark dark as my soul here, I'm going to look up and see if I can find you're a picture look of, my fruit, of my fruit cake so you can see what I mean by the garnish. Okay. While you're doing that, I'm going to... But if uh, you don't have a green cherry on a fruit cake, is it a fruit cake? Is it is it the green cherry on top? Yeah. Is that... You have to cut it in half and I stick don't it know. on top. You know, you'll have to... With like a big fat walnut half. You need it. You're going to have to make one for me and then around the holidays... And we'll have to have an episode about the fruitcake. About the fruitcake. Here's the thing, though. I won't give you a fruitcake if you won't eat it. It's delicious, and I'm not going to waste it on somebody who doesn't like it. Well, why don't you just bring me a piece <laughs> of the... Here's no, what you I, do. I make... They're tiny when I make them. You know how you make your zucchini breads and they're tiny? Right. Okay, I make my fruitcakes and they're tiny. Those little mini loaf But you're things. right. I might not like it. So here's what you do. I, 20 bucks says if you don't like it, I bet your husband will. He doesn't need it. I know, but he'll eat it. Okay, then make me a make me a mini one, and um, I made I made a big bucket we'll of how... cookies for the New Year's Eve party. That's where I excel. I know how to make some cookies. I had a moment just like you, yeah, where somebody was like, "Oh Jesus Christ, what did you put in this?" Like, because uh, my cookies are good. I make yeah, they some were good cookies. Good and goddamn you made a cookies. Shitload of cookies. Yep, you I like, make a shitload of cookies. You at manufacture Christmas. those things very quickly. Oh yeah. So this is a, um, I, guess, I guess it's still stature factor. We're just talking about food instead of tall and short. Mm-hmm. Still a tall and a short. Bit. Oh, yeah. No, we. Um, I, I would say that we definitely face difficulties in the kitchen because of our size. So talk about some of sure. your. Well, I was going to read this from CNBC, uh, an article on why is everyone hashtag quarantine baking their way through the coronavirus epidemic. And this was in March, like right when people started to bake. Like, oh, yeah. You know, the shit was going down or people were realizing oh, we're probably going to be in this Oh yeah. for a while. Social media has been awash and people sharing how their lives are changing due to the coronavirus. Efforts to flatten the curve have meant people are spending much more time cooped up at home and many have turned to baking. I am one of those, of course, and that shows everyone. I made churros. I made cinnamon rolls. Um, these are all people's, you know, Insta photos and what have you. And they say baking is a balm for the current chaos. It's gratifying yeah. to produce something tangible. Yes. A loaf of bread, a tray of cookies, etc. I agree. It's a way to get results. It's a way to be results oriented. Well, it's a way to and feel a sense of accomplishment too. I yes. mean, for a lot of people, especially if you have a job where you can work from home, it's not like you see that pile of work at the end of your day. Right. There's all this effort you've poured into it, and you, there's nothing yes. tangible for you to look results at. Results or exactly results oriented. Uh-huh. I I need to work towards a goal that I can do in my home since I'm stuck there. Uh-huh. So. Um, they also agree it's soothing and meditative. I've been making no, recipes. <laughs> what? I'm an angry baker. You're an angry. It's not, not soothing and meditative for me. Not for you. But um. But yes. But when you cook your other stuff, right? Not a baking. No, I'm cooking. pretty angry in the kitchen all the well, way you're around. You're angry, just normal. You're an angry leprechaun. That is true. So don't don't argue. Um. <laughs> Anyhow, the writer finds it comforting to make and eat foods I've made and eaten a hundred times before. It provides a sense of normalcy. Um, I disagree in that. Yeah, no, I've me been, neither. I've been making, see my face scrunch up. No, I'm, yeah, I'm getting I've been adventurous. New stuff. Yeah. yeah, adventurous. Exactly. I feel like this is this is when I have the time 
to say, I want to try something new. Yeah, Here's exactly. something. I can't go to a restaurant and get this, and I've been in the mood for it. Let's see if there's a tutorial. Let's see if there's a exactly. halfway decent readable recipe. Anything with yeast takes at least a day. Mm-hmm. You know, all the waiting and the proving and all of that stuff. So, yes, it, it's time. And that's time I've had at home to, to try it. Yeah. You know, I can make tacos any night. Right. So I disagree with that um, comment there. But do you do you feel that you need that sort of reassurance of making something you've made a hundred times? No. See, no. I want, See, I don't either. I, I need, need the, the adventure. I need the adventure. I need the something outside of my norm to keep me right. kind of in. But with that said, also, I don't want to fail. So I haven't attempted the macarons yet this, this COVID. Because I need... <laughs> this would just be one more thing to go wrong. One, exactly. <laughs> in a year that has been just piled of like suffering and death and stress and chaos... The macarons would be one more failure on a hill of bullshit and caca. So no, I'm not going to do the macarons, but I do want a challenge, but I want a challenge that I can succeed at. Oh, I'm not saying give participation points to all the little league players. I'm just saying, um, I do want a challenge. You want the win. I want the win. So I'm going to, I'm going to avoid something that I have lost on, um, repeatedly and try something new. Oh, and so far, that has worked out. All the yeah. things I've tried new are like my new favorite things. It's like travel. Every time I go to a a new place, it's my new favorite place, except for San Francisco. That was not your new favorite place, uh, or it just no. wasn't all it was cracked up to if be? If I want to go to a city that smells like urine, I'll just go to New Orleans during Mardi Gras. I you know, don't, yeah. I just can't. But that's I mean, a, pick that's your another. pee place. My pee place is, is New Orleans. It. Yeah, I pick New Orleans, definitely. Just has the vibe. Anyway, that has nothing You're to do gonna with You're going to have food. fun, and oh. it's going to be urine-based. I said I was saying New Orleans has nothing to do with cooking, but that is not true. The last time I went to New Orleans... Oh, um, God, the food in New Orleans is I so good. I took a cooking class. <gasps> really? I did. Now I get emails, like, every week from them. I took a cooking class, and I highly suggest this if you ever... Um, travel to New Orleans or someplace um, that has a particular cuisine and they have cooking classes in that city, I highly suggest doing one because it was um, unexpectedly delightful. What happens is you go and it's just like Home Ec where they have the big mirror, you know. Yeah. They have the big the mirror. mirror. Oh, the mirror. Remember the mirror? Yes. Love um, the mirror. Over the kitchen. and Yeah. So, so what happens is they have a local um, person up there who's, they're going to make, um, you know, a couple different local dishes and they tell a story mm-hmm. while they're talking about like uh, where Rue, you know, how Rue gets started and sure. the, Holy, the Trinity mm-hmm. and the colors of New Orleans. They're, they're talking about all this stuff. And so they cook it and then you, you eat it and you drink um, beer uh-huh. Or, or lemonade or water to comes with it. it and then at the end of it you um you get the recipes nice of what they cook in fact i have all them i, I didn't eat the chicken you know there was a chicken thing mm-hmm. but i had i think some seafood gumbo and some other stuff Yummy. it was it was delicious oh yeah but to hear them tell the story and watch the roux uh and then watch her like ignore the roux yeah and sit there and tell the story and I'm looking at I'm like well how dark is that gonna get before she goes oh it's back. gonna get dark it's gonna get dark it's gonna get dark they like a dark they room. like a dark room. I do too though it's delicious and thick and to watch you watch you know watch it in the in the mirror like okay that she's been away from that um skillet for a while now over here talking and I'm like is that gonna burn no it's just getting really dark and, and flavorful well and anyway. I think that that really helps you when you try when you make your attempt, because in your gut, you say, well, should I screw with this roux? Am I burning it? No, but you watched her. Right. And so, you know, like when it looks like it's getting too dark, you know, it's not dark enough. So I have to experiment more with that. But it but it reminds me of trying to master my grandmother and my mother's um, gravy, mm-hmm. a, a particular um, breakfast country gravy yes which is made with bacon grease Mm -hmm. it is delicious 
and you you add flour basically yep. and you make you make a roux mm-hmm. and then you add milk um but if you add too much flour or i think i don't know if you use one drawer some cornstarch you use too much it's too thick or or it's too greasy i i haven't uh, mastered it yet but last time i made it i i almost did it but it, it is basically a, so a roux so anyhow my point is yes new orleans <laughs> new orleans did fit into this conversation and yeah. so yes i I uh, suggest taking a cooking class because it was most rewarding. And while I was talking, you were showing me pictures of your. I tried to flash you some fruit cake. Yeah, show me, show me pictures okay, of I'll your show fruit you. cake. It did not have a green cherry. I could not find. So the what green did cherry you that year? So this was just regular old maraschino cherry. But can you see the decoration? Like there's the walnut half. Do you need some? Are there walnuts there, in there? Oh yeah. Just, okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll taste it. Mm-hmm. I'll taste it. You might. It's a pain in the butt. Even these little loaf pans take forever to cook because they're so dense. But um, on the subject of gravy, because uh, my mom was not a cook. And uh, to be honest, my grandma, not a really big cook. She had a she had like a signature dish that was good, you know, here and there. Um, but she did really good sausage gravy, the country gravy. And so that was how I kind of learned before cooking like how to do the roux thing you watched her do it in the kitchen no 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 but i had a recipe but you that ate she it <laughs> yeah yeah i sure did um but she didn't make it that often uh, my grandmother she had to work uh, my grandpa had gotten injured when he was in i think the national guard or so i don't know my grandpa didn't work i don't know what the ins and outs of it were um i was little and then we were here and I know he had a knee injury that was really bad, but I don't think that was all of it. I'm not entirely sure what it was. But I know that my grandmother was a working woman. My mom worked. She didn't really, my mom did not like cooking. That's really what it came down to. And you have to like it. You have to like baking. You have to like cooking. So uh, what, what were some of your favorite you know, home cooked recipes growing up. Nothing your mother, really. Your mom, your mom <laughs> she wasn't didn't a really cook. cook. Right? No, she was not a cook. What about your grandma? Dude, I ate your... so much hamburger helper. If you even show me a box of it, I'll vomit. So she did cook, but it was like processed stuff. Yeah. Mostly. And that is, I think part of why I do the 180. Like I really try to avoid processed foods in my home. I really try to start with knowing what that food is and taking it to the end of the cooking process. You know, a lot of my, uh, even like when, when I cook, like when we have the parties, when I yeah. make the ribs, yeah, yeah, it's ribs. I make the rub from scratch. Right. Now I will buy certain sauces because there are just some really good barbecue sauces on but the market. But you zhuzh them up with your own yeah. assortment I, of I do the spices. rub and then I, you know, and then I do the sauce just to give it that nice glaze. But like if I make coleslaw, everything that's in the coleslaw, totally identifiable, right? Or right. if I make macaroni salad, I'm not using a box. I try to stay away from right. cooking from scratch stuff. and the idea that I scratch my ass and I open a box. Right. Um, I would agree with that. Very rarely do I, I think do I it's, do that. But I, I also think that it's easier nowadays to cook from scratch. In sure. a way, there's just, there's... There's so much online. You can, oh, you can very quickly find a recipe. You can find a, utor- a tutorial on YouTube. Well, now there's so many places now where you can, you know, order from a meal, you know, get a meal subscription and have have that crap come to you even if you're not a cook and learn how and to be a cook. Teach you how to cook. Sure. Right. I don't want to do that because I cook. So that's not yeah, for me. That's not for me. And but most I, think of it it's, I, I think it's genius. I think it's cool. I mean, mostly it looks like chicken. And yeah, I don't eat chicken. Yeah. So. I'll just cook my own shit. But for those who don't cook and need ideas, um, I'm full of ideas. I have too many ideas for this I lifetime. A, I think America so. has really sort of fallen in love with the idea, even pre-COVID, of doing these amazing meals for yourself. If you look on YouTube, oh my gosh, there's just a crazy number of people out there who uh, do really high-end stuff, really middle stuff. Uh, my kid is obsessed with... Binging with Babish, he loves that guy. Yeah, he's he gonna be a little chef. His videos, yeah. He's a little tiny ratatouille. Chef. Yes, little chef. <laughs> um, real quick though, on the on the people online is here's one pet peeve though I have with the sharing of the recipes. The food blogs, they're just way too long. Mm-hmm. Like, get to the recipe. 
I'm not going to read about your life story. Yeah, I don't give a shit about I your life story. I'm sorry. Care. Tell me how to cook this thing. Yes. You got to scroll through all the ads and everything to get to the recipe. So just, that's annoying. Just give me the recipe. It doesn't matter. We're already looking at your page. Uh-huh. Does it really matter that I read like seven pages of paragraphs? You know, I... like how narcissistic are you? Just give me the damn recipe and tell me, you know, A, B and C about it and let the people comment. But I don't need, you know, a damn bio or auto bio. I think I think that's your and my generation, though. I think that there are people who are younger than us that want that connection to that person. I don't need they that want connection. to know about that person they need that story they want it fleshed out we, I, me yeah. and you we're the type of people who we find it irritating just give me the damn recipe give me the i don't think we're the only ones trust me i think it's uh look at me well, look at I, me look at know, let I me talk about myself it's the or, idea of selling yourself people now view themselves as a product they sell themselves in their entirety it's not just here's the food i make i'm selling the image of the person but they're I not am. selling anything because i'm getting the recipe for free <laughs> in a they're, way they're, they're just out there look i think i'm famous here here's my recipe yeah, yeah no. i could see that no it's a pain in the ass just give me the recipe i don't know who the fuck you are i don't even know your name i just know i used your recipe and maybe it was good a lot of times it, it does come across as a as a, a lot of ego let me tell you in the pursuit of a very good kebab recipe i watched some real stinkers <laughs> and it took me to finding you know that henry guy who was just so straightforward right the curry the curry recipes the best one was my own variation mm-hmm. however the cinnamon roll that you just ate that is that is by the book uh-huh on that recipe well, i don't I, tr- I try not to when it comes to yeast and flour and and that kind of baking i i don't deviate too much because no, you really you, can't you have that's to the stick with about, the measurements right yes exactly that's the thing about baking baking exact, is more like chemistry yes it's almost like science because you have to have certain ingredients to get a certain chemical reaction to, right you know to find to come up with a final product cooking is a lot more free flowing you can choose it's creative to, uh, it's creative you know burn this a little add this spice subtract this thing and it doesn't greatly affect your final product whereas baking oh yeah you can screw yeah. it up real quick thinking that this you know, this recipe that's been done with like dried cranberries and almonds. Well, I'll just stick fresh blueberries sure. in there. Well, you're not factoring for the moisture, dude. Uh, right. You, you really got to be careful. I'll just use powdered eggs instead of real ones. Yeah, eh, no. Wrong. No, it's science. It's not fake news. No, that, it will fail. It is very exact. It is very exact. It's a discipline. Exactly. So, okay. So your mom wasn't that much of a cook, but you said no. your grandma made um, the gravy. And that was pretty much it she wasn't much of a cook either so were there any other recipes you remember from your childhood just the gravy that's all mm-hmm. you got yeah my grandpa made good fried chicken and my grandmother made good sausage gravy and outside of those two things the food was not good wow i i can't i have a whole i made my grandmother and i'm so glad i did this um a couple years before my grand my grandmother passed I had her write down all of my favorite recipes. Oh, that's a good And idea. I have them all in her handwriting. Aw. It's cool. That's sweet. So I have the coconut pineapple um, pie recipe. But I haven't made it yet because when we get around the holidays, my mom always makes one. Mm-hmm. So I just eat that. <laughs> I just eat that one. I know well, it's going to be delicious. You have to find a different holiday for it. Do you know right. what I mean? Yeah, but it's so, it, it's nostalgia. It's about the holiday. And then on my, my dad's side, my... I don't have any of that side of the family's recipes. And there are a few I wish I had because I remember being being little and having her or my aunt, um, one of my dad's sisters, working on bread uh, the night before uh-huh. and then seeing it raise overnight and still be raising um, the next morning, you know, in a plan for like an afternoon barbecue. And it was beer bread. Uh-huh. And I haven't made beer bread yet, but I did make you know, a loaf with the ale yeast when I couldn't find any other yeast. And I have to tell you, I, I think I did. It was it was absolutely delicious. Right. And it reminded me of that smell of the beer bread. But I did buy a 40-ounce can of Pabst Blue Ribbon. There's one in my refrigerator um, in preparation of potentially making beer bread. Oh, I see. Even though I have no family recipe, but I'm, I want to cap- try to capture that smell of 
the bread rising that kind of smells like beer. I don't drink beer, but mm-hmm. I will eat the beer bread. Right. Yummy, yum, yum. I don't drink beer either, but I do like the way it smells. I love the way it smells. So I want to do that. And then um, my grandma on my dad's side would also make this this meat marinade. I don't know what they did, what it was. But again, it was a particular barbecue. It's almost like your ribs, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it was a staple. And I wish I could find out what it was. And cook it because I have, I get nostalgic for that, that flavor. Dude, my my Japanese grandma makes a steak marinade that is out of this freaking world. I have no idea what's in it. So that's, that's one thing that I remember is her steak marinade was like salty. It had liquid smoke in it for sure. It had that liquid smoke flavor. Yeah, liquid smoke. So one grandma did the the, the marinade and the other grandma did the gravy. Mm -hmm. So liquidy, liquidy, yummy stuff. (laughs) that doesn't sound weird at all dude Um, yeah no it doesn't i'm picturing them now no they don't sound weird at all and then on my um my mom's side it's my mom and my aunt and my grandma were the cooks my mom a cook later on Uh when i was when i was a kid it was mostly and she's probably gonna listen and argue but i i this is true because it's what i remember Uh right i what i remember eating was like stovetop oh yeah you know corn uh-huh. And pork chops, you know, yes. basic, basic stuff. With the shake and bake. I do remember pork chops with if, shake and bake. I don't know if she ever did tasty. shake and bake, but I oh, remember my mom liked shake and bake. Vanny yep. Camp's fish sticks and mac and, and oh, the, no, that was all great. That, yeah. I love Mandy, Vanny Camp's fish Oh, sticks. no, I love them too. My mom couldn't stand fish sticks. She just, <laughs> she just thought that was the most disgusting thing. But I babysat from a really young age and I babysat for what I would assume is a Catholic family because they had fish sticks they would the the mom and the dad would go out friday night for like i don't know maybe bowling or something but they would make dinner for the kids and it was fish sticks and macaroni and cheese and i had never had anything so delightful in my life delicious bright green peas delicious yeah and i would get there and they'd be like oh if you're hungry there's some leftover and i'm like oh yeah i was hungry i ate all of it it was good i was like mom why don't we eat this she goes i don't like fish sticks no okay So, yeah, I remember my mom cooking things like that. It wasn't until, I think, later. Yeah, but your mom was a working mom, too. Right, she was working. Yeah. So, but now she cooks all the time, and it's delicious. Now she's it's found great. her love of cooking. Yeah, it's for, it's really good, and she makes all kinds of stuff. It's good stuff. But my grandmother, you know, I lived with her for many years, and that was like a home-cooked meal three times a day. Oh, yeah. Then you wonder how it became a glamazon. Like, it, I know, clear. I had no cooked, home-cooked meals three she, times a day, which is why I'm five feet tall. Right. i I would come home from from elementary school and like open up the refrigerator and there would be something for dessert in there something like a there would be a homemade banana pudding you know with vanilla wafers Uh or there would be um she'd do pudding in a cloud so like layers of like chocolate pudding and 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 cool Cool whip Whip. yep delicious these are easy but or she'd have it in her coconut pineapple Coconut pineapple pie. Mm-hmm. Some she sometimes she'd make a meringue, and she I remember her always bitching about that runny meringue. You know, God damn it! <laughs> right, God damn meringue. That, re- that meringue. Yep. No, because um, the sh- because the sugar would liquefy out of sure. it. Sure, and and cooking. You know, she'd be in there cooking. Um, you know, chick fried chicken. Mm-hmm. All, just all kinds of stuff all the time. She would make a pot of beans. A huge pot. Now, I didn't like them then. I hated things like that. Beans or, or black, um, like split peas and ham. Right. Or some just beans with bacon. I don't know. I, I, I was like, I was always like, ew, I wouldn't eat it. But oh, I like will tell you. Nowadays. Nowadays, yes. But I will tell you. I don't know how many phone calls or maybe it was only one phone call and the word got out. But within the next three days, almost every relative I know came over into town for those beans mm-hmm. just well, you, for those beans and now i now i'm like well now i understand right you know i get it but i didn't at the time i was just like ew you know beans but yeah. now yes well, you know our taste buds definitely change from when we're little to uh man let me tell you when I was a kid. And and do you remember this or is this just my imagination? It seems like somewhere in the 80s there was the stuffed pepper um 
obsession. My mama do that. She'd put rice in it, and my grandma ground would do beef it too. and rice, ground beef and stuffed rice into a pepper with cheese and on top. Sure. Um, I hated green peppers so much, and it seems like everybody would always bake them until they were like that brownish green. Yeah. Ugh, gross. <laughs> so gross. I hated green peppers so much. Now that I'm older. I love green peppers. Now, I don't like them if you cook them till they turn brown. Are you, you going to stuff it? A... Have you stuffed a green pepper? No, I haven't. I haven't because I can't do the ground beef. And you I've can just put no, lamb in it. Yeah, no. No. Uh-uh. no. Ground lamb is not the same. And ground turkey I doesn't work in all ground beef substitutes. Put, put some beans or, I mean, one of the Indian, I'm sure you can think of something to put in a No, because I like, I like my green peppers still a little crunchy. I I see. They need to have a little body to them. I like my green peppers al dente, just like I like my green beans. You overcook those and I'm grossed out too. So this week I made a poblano chili vegetable lasagna. Mm, It's like a Mexican lasagna and it's a pain in the ass because the sauce is made from uh, corn that you Mm -hmm. cook with garlic and onion. Okay. And then cream. Yum. And then you need to. That blend. sounds good to me. It, it's delicious, but then you need to blend it up. Okay. While, and it's it's usually still hot. Mm-hmm. So you either let it cool a little bit and pour it in a blender, and so you can see how this gets the kitchen gets messy. Or instead of I didn't want to do that, so I'm like, oh, let me do it the easy way, and I'll get my hand blender. You have a, you know ever seen a hand yeah. blender? I got get the hand blender and the put it stick down. Blender. Yeah, I, the stick yeah, blender. I love those. I love it, but I put it down in the pot, and, and the next thing you know, there's like hot pieces of corn everywhere. I know that's why I don't, I don't have one anymore. I burned right. myself really bad with that stupid stick blender. Got to be careful with it. But anyhow, so it's layers now. now realistically, and I told my mom I made it. She's like, "Well, you didn't make it right." Meaning, you know, I don't have a big grill outside to roast the the poblano chilies. But the idea is, you roast those chilies uh-huh. till they blister. Uh-huh. And then you layer those yes. into the lasagna. Well, I just use, you know, the canned chilies like you would if you're making a chili relleno. And then you layer that with the layers of the sauce. Sure. And then um, zucchini and squash or, you know, your vegetables. But mainly I use zucchini and squash and onion. And then layers of the cheese. And it calls for mozzarella and um, cojita mm-hmm. cheese. And then layers of the sauce and, and noodles, of course. And it was it was delicious. I bet. It's absolutely delicious. Yep. Yum, yum, yum. But it is even better if you roast your chilies. But then we worry about it being too spicy for my little old tongue. Mm, man. So I'm okay with the, the can, the canned chilies. I just, I think it's funny that I'm so the other way. Like, I can't, with your spice? I can't, no, I can eat anything spicy, but I can't eat oatmeal. What the hell? I know. And I love oatmeal. Why can't Don't you get, eat oatmeal? I freaking lo- it gives me the worst heartburn. It's agony oh, okay. all day long. It'll be for a day and a half. I'll have terrible heartburn. It's stuck in your throat then. I don't know what esophagus. it is. But it's like I see that oatmeal and I'm you're like, I, I love you, oatmeal. And the oatmeal is like, eat me, I'm Satan. And wow. then I have the, yeah, it's agony. No, I made, what did I make the other day that I almost broke my arm, patting myself on the back? Oh my, those green, that roast pork enchilada thing that I made. Oh yeah, that was good. Holy cow. Why didn't you bring some of that over? Uh, Because our fat butts ate it all like in a day. I made a huge pan and then I had extra, so I made a side pan of it and we ate all of it and it was good. Delicious. So how many days a week? Would you say you cook almost every day? Every day. I cook pretty much every day. I usually won't make dinner on Friday because I'm going to make breakfast on Saturday. Okay. Um, but every day. And then Saturday I make dinner. Uh, but since Sunday's vegetarian day for my husband I'm, and he goes to work, like, so I'll make something vegetarian Saturday night and then it's ready for him for Sunday. But, um, very likely that I'll cook every day. And then the funny thing is, <laughs> I'll try to make a bunch of something and right. think, well, I'll make a ton of this so I don't and have to be cook left tomorrow. Others, but then they'll just eat more of it, right? Then it'll they just eat more of it. Yeah, yeah, it'll be gone anyways and I'm going to having to cook. <laughs> so you have to cook any. Mm-hmm. You have to cook anyway. So, yeah. The hardest part about cooking, honestly, is deciding what to cook. I can cook anything. You just... Some days I just don't want to make the de- the decision. I just don't want to make the damn decision. Just right. somebody else, just tell me what you want and I'll make it. No problem. You got it. 
We can do that. I have to tell you that I I am getting a little sick of having to just cook for myself because we haven't wanted to eat out. I'm okay with the baking. Baking, Uh I mean, just like cooking cooking dinner. Um, So tonight I am going to go pick up something from somewhere else. I'm Mm -hmm. ready to taste some some other food. In fact, I'm getting hungry right now to go eat that. I want some chips and salsa. I'm going to, yeah, order a bunch of Mexican food from a place and go pick it up. (laughs) They they have margaritas to go, so I'm really looking forward to that too. Anyway. Well, I'm probably going home to eat some more of that chole. Oh, yeah, I got to taste your chole. That sounds dirty. I'll just eat it for dinner, eat it for lunch tomorrow or something. I'm going to taste it before you go and tell you tell you what I think of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would chase me out of the house with a broom. You said this wasn't spicy. I'm like, I can't tell anymore. <laughs> oh, let's talk about that. The dangers of, uh, because Karen said her mom's kind of in the same boat. She can't tell how spicy something is. To yeah. me, it doesn't seem spicy and other because people's faces are melting off. Was, that, was it like that before you married a Hindu? Were you already... I don't think so. I don't remember you being this way. You oh, burned well, your mouth. You've no, 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 conditioned. no, 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 no. Remember when we lived in that condo together and I would make that weird Indian rice with the spicy tuna fish and the, the crackers? I think so. Oh, God, we were so high. I was so high when I made that. <laughs> no, this was a long time ago. Nobody cares that you were high 15, 25 years ago, whatever, however old, uh, 20 years ago. So 20 years ago when Tracy and I lived together... We would make You this, would make. Yeah, you would stand in the kitchen and say things like, are you sure you're not burning that? Because it was burning. <laughs> but um, we would get this, and they don't sell it anymore, and I'm so sad. Trader Joe's used to have this really incredible biryani mix, this vegetable biryani. Yes, now I remember. Yes, was, yes, yes. They still have it. Still I've have never it. seen it. Not that same one. No, they don't. They well, they have they have um, it's, dif- it's a little different, but they... an Asian one, but not that same frozen bag of it. I wouldn't use it anymore, anyways. But yes, you'd put tuna in it. Yeah, and, you know. I would make like the the I would take tuna and I would mix soda crackers and make yeah. like a fish patty, but I'd make it really spicy. I'd put like a lot of spices. I don't remember it in being the... too spicy. No, of course not. But you were really high. Um, I do remember when I would put it on the pan because I think we had gotten the idea because either I wanted salmon cakes or you wanted salmon cakes. It must have been me. I think you were talking about how good crab cakes were. And I'm like, dude, have you ever had a salmon cake? Yeah, no, because my mom made salmon croquettes one time when I was younger. No, it was disgusting. So it wasn't me wanting a salmon cake. Crab cakes, maybe. Crab cakes. That's probably how it started. I was talking about crab cakes. Anyway, so I had some tuna fish. So I did mayonnaise and uh, saltines and a shit ton of Indian spices and I made these tuna cakes with the biryani, and it was so spicy, and it was really good. Now, I, I, well, my whole life I've always been able to eat a ton of spicy food, but maybe I'm conditioned after just making so much spice, after making every meal spicy for so many years. I just don't. It doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't make anymore. it doesn't make my mouth burn anymore. Well, I will let you know when we are finish with this because i'm going to go in and taste it because i'm home i'm getting hangry hangry so uh, heads up when we are inundated by news and scary information it's helpful to tune out the world yes and spend a few minutes or hours being present in something else. i think that's it and right on the head in this being case present you have to be so present be present in the kitchen cook something try something new don't don't go through the McDonald's drive through. And give presents from your kitchen. Get, like give people your cooking. Yeah. There is a joy in that. There is a joy in gift giving through your delicious yeah. foods. And then write to us and let us know how they yeah. were. Yummy. Send us some of your recipes if you got a really good one. I'll yeah, I'll try it. I definitely will. Yeah. So yeah. If you have uh, ideas, recipes, suggestions for future episodes, anything you'd like to share, write to us at feedback at gal podcast.com that's g-a-l podcast.com we will not make you spell the word leprechaun but we will taste your eat we will take presents of food yes 
if you want to grace us with your presence. Yeah, don't mail it though. I don't. I don't like you know. I get you don't want to get a hot dog in the mail. <laughs> Nothing with mayonnaise in it. Through that would be a bad idea. Anyhow, that's all. We'll probably and no have... ketchup. That's just me. Ketchup, ketchup is gross. So gross. All right. On that note, no ketchup for Michelle. But uh, we'll probably be talking about food again. I, uh, I say. How could we not? How could we not? We didn't even touch on marinades. Making your own marinades and salad like, dressings. I'm There's telling you, this could have. See, now we sound like Splendid Table again. So. I'm sorry. Anyway, on that note, we'll catch you later. Bye. Bye. Everything we do sounds like NPR. Bye.